church, family, theology, news, entertainment, evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey, what's going on out there, everyone? This is Mike Charleston, and this is the Mike Charleston Podcast. This episode, we are on the road, kind of. We are at Michael Thornton's house, and yes, I said Michael Thornton. I'm here today with uh, Sarah. She's she's sitting in the chick chair. Hello, everybody. And that's my wife. And Michael Thornton, we're at his house. Yes. Did you ever think as uh, going on 40-year-old man, you would be crammed up in a child's room? with uh, tiny microphones uh, doing a podcast? Well, it's I'm not really crammed up. I mean, this is a pretty big room, actually. It's not that bad. It's actually cooler than our studio, but we always say we're in our makeshift studio. This is a makeshift <laughs> studio, that's for sure. So anyway, so, so Michael hasn't been on here in a while, and let's just be honest, what really happened. So he was on early on, uh, the, the evangelism episode, way back, I think it was number three. I'm not sure which one, but he said some things he shouldn't have said, so we had to put him on probation. Ad revenue yeah, went down. Yeah, yeah, our commercials got dropped, so <laughs> we had to put him on probation. No, really, he. Uh, it's just one of those things when, when you come over for church, it's just so much is going on that it's hard to actually get together and do a podcast and leave everyone else out in the living room. <laughs> so it's like... You live in town, we should be able to get this done. And so this time I said, well, I'll just travel out and get this done and see how well this works. So hopefully we don't have our computers, so we don't have a backup. So hopefully this will work just fine. We're winging it. Yeah, we're, we're winging it. So anyway, Mike brought the topic up today. So hopefully this will be interesting to everyone. I think it will be interesting to everyone. But before we get to that, we have to finish a story we started last week, right, babe? That's right. When we left you last time on our episode, we had our kids stranded in Ohio. Dun, dun, dun. We don't have really our sound effects anymore, huh? <laughs> but the um, so so the last that we heard because uh, it was last Monday that we did the podcast. Right. The 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 engine was kaput. It, right, it there blew. was a hole in the engine block, is what the mechanic at Loves had told the girls. Yes. Yeah, so the the so he wasn't a mechanic. That it turns out. He, he was just a guy. Uh, he saw smoke and he said, and smoke coming out the tailpipe. And he said, it's a blown head gasket. That's not good news. So they get on the phone and call your sister who they just left her house. She calls her mechanic and says what that mechanic at love said. And he's like, well, I guess someone else came out. Well, so it's kind of mixed up a little bit, but the guy that was cleaning, he said blown head gasket. Then they oh, called yeah. the Love's mechanic, who actually is a mechanic, and he said there was a hole in the engine block. And so that's when they called my sister, and he called his mechanic, and he said it's not worth trying to fix it because we're talking about a 2000 car. It's just not worth putting the money into a new engine. A year 2000 car, right. So he said there's a hole in the engine block because of a thrown rod. Right. And so your sister's mechanic just said it's not worth it. So me, Jeremiah and myself were asking questions and and you're telling us that they just had an oil change before she left. And I'm like, an oil change? Hmm. 
well, maybe they didn't do the plug. And I'm like, that doesn't mean, well, if they didn't do the plug, it would be dripping the whole, it would be just pour out right away. Right. They drove it a thousand miles without, right. as far as I know, without a problem. So then Jeremiah is looking around and he's thinking, could it possibly be a loose oil filter? Everyone around us is like, there's no way this is going to, this is the answer. There's no way the engine is ruined. And I'm like, I don't know. The more we looked at it and looked on YouTube, I'm like, it could. Well, as it turns out, it was, it was just, all it was, was the oil filter was loose. So all we had to do is tighten it, put some oil in it because they turned it off right away. They didn't drive on it and they they took it to the mechanic and he tightened it to, to, to where it's supposed to be tight. And they drove home. Yep. Car is working just fine. And now she wants to sell it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, no. I think we talked about Throw that. away America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, and the backstory is she just bought it in April, April for like $3,000 or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's a cheap car. But then she had to put $1,000 immediately into it. Right. And new tires and she had to fix something. So it was frustrating for her. And so it was only a couple months old for her and then to have her engine blown. But I'm like, in your world, it was already dead. Right. She thought it was over. It's dead. Now it's alive. So <laughs> it all's good, right? Just keep the car. You're you're on borrowed time right now. So anyway, that that's the kind of the end of that little story fortunately my kids got home and in one piece and that's all that really mattered yeah happy happy ending so that's good makes a happy mom did you you ever have car troubles Mm, you had car uh, troubles when we were over at your house uh, no you had a situation where you 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 couldn't get somewhere uh i was an affluent teen (laughs) so uh we we didn't go through what was your first car lifestyle no uh, we, we we lived modestly i had a uh Jeep Cherokee. Was that was your first, first car? Yeah. Wow. But wow. I mean, it wasn't like from the 60s or anything. You know, it was 80s. So Yeah, yeah. My it, first car was a Honda Accord. It was like a 10-year-old Honda I got for 1500 It was terrible. Yeah. But do you remember your first car, babe? I think the first it was our was car. the Plymouth Acclaim. The, the, the Servant? Yeah. Washed yeah. your feet. Yeah, we called it the Servant because every time you drove the car, it dripped water on your feet. <laughs> it was washing your feet as we drove. So that was our first car, and that was given to us. Yeah, so hard to complain. It was hard yeah. to complain, but uh, but no. So anyway, is there anything else that's been going on in your guys' life? Uh, it's been crazy. It's I always mean, crazy. It works the- crazy. Uh, you know, I always uh, on been telling all the general contractors my pricing is good through the first blood moon and the fifth plague of the apocalypse. <laughs> That's right. And then yeah. it's not good anymore. And it's not good anymore. You need to come back for some new pricing. So. No one cares at that point, right? Right, right. We, we are covering uh, at church, our fellowship. Uh, Mike has been, he wants to uh, bring forth these teachings on Revelation. So we're getting through that very slowly, about one every other week, right? And we made it to chapter nine this past week, and uh, he's done a pretty good job. But yeah, we we are in the revelation mode, the end of the world. Well, everybody's feeling it. You know, material prices are skyrocketing. Developers, are, you know, there's this uh, inflation. You know, everybody's kind of shooken up right now. I mean, yep. you know, there's not there's labor shortage, material shortage, uh, supply chains, all that good stuff. Well, you know? well, Mike, why don't you tell the listeners what you tell us at at church? Before you start every message, you're you're like, okay, I, I, I'm going to talk on Revelation, but 
but what? Right, right. So we, we're on the 10th chapter now, and <laughs> before every chapter, we make sure we iterate that this is the revelation, and then we flip back to the beginning of the book, and what does it say? The, the revelation, revelation of, of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Well, I was more talking about how you reiterate that you're not a professional. Oh yeah, just I'm just a construction, a construction worker, right? Non-paid, right? That's y'all right. can't y'all can't fire me. <laughs> I'm not paid for this. But that's kind of what we've been talking about on our previous podcast that the the uh, oh my wife's uh, microphone just fell. <laughs> so uh, but anyway, Good the catch. the uh, so if you hear a little background noise, that's Joshua fixing it. So that's the whole point of the, the, the house church is to encourage the believers to come prepared with something. And this has been on Mike's heart for a while. We don't normally just sit there and do 45 minute teaching lessons per se, but this is like, we're, we're going through verse by verse through a chapter and we're giving him the time to, to do this. He's a, a novice, I guess you could call it a lay person as they call it, but that's good. We're all, all that. So no, that's, that's, he always says that I'm just a construction worker. I am, I'm checking emails and drinking coffee. So check me on this stuff, but we should check each other on mm. this stuff. I guess that's about it. If we have nothing else. What, so Mike wanted to talk about what we're going to come back from the, the little break here. Maybe we should have break, broke when the microphone broke. But uh, he wants to talk about kind of, kind of what everyone's on their mind, the end times and, and craziness in uh, America right now. What do we do? Are we really to just flee to the mountains and forget everybody else and live this idyllic life in utopia? And so we're going to talk about that. So, uh, Joshua, why don't we go ahead and get out of this segment, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, we are back, and we're back in Michael's makeshift studio, and we are talking separation today. Separation anxiety? No, we're just talking about separation in general, and I guess, Mike, you wanted to talk about this, so kind of... Yeah, I'll set it up. Yeah. Uh, cause we, we kind of talked a little about it uh, yesterday, but, um, you know, we... I think you as well, you didn't grow up in this, uh, shindig, uh, house church, you know, uh, homeschool, homeschool, nope. you know, a lot of people, uh, in this, I don't know if you want to say movement, but, uh, this is the first generation, you know, where right. their children are kind of separated. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got the shindig. So right. they don't have to marry their sister. Right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Uh, cousins, cousins. Okay. But it's this thought of, uh, separateness, you know, and, um, I just kind of wonder and think about, um, you know, is, are we to get a wife, go out to the Hills, uh, have some children, make sure we're well-fed, happy, healthy, and never be seen from again, live a long (laughs) life and die. Like, you know, is that what, you know, just... Is that what it's all about? Is that what it's all about? No, the hokey pokey is what it's all about. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, yeah, that's a good question because, so, we were just reading, uh, is in 1 Corinthians... 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, uh, she's our fact checker here. Uh, What is it? 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Okay. It says, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Yeah, see, there it is. Mm -hmm. Be, Be separate and... 
And, you know, I've heard that growing up. Now, hearing that growing up, I went to public school. I went to a, just a big old mega church in my hometown. And so I wasn't separate in that way, you know. But so what What does separate? Because there is a time where we do separate from the world. We don't want the influences of the world, especially, especially in our families. Uh, but there is a time where are we supposed to be separating from believers? And there, there actually is a time where we probably should separate with believers. But when is that? I was actually talking with a brother yes, uh, yesterday and some of those concerns with the church that he, he's kind of hooked up with and kind of I'm hooked up with in a way. And they're having some of those issues where what do we do with certain people that don't actually do what we're doing and it makes our life uncomfortable. And I'm like, that's a good place to be, to be uncomfortable. Cause it, it's, there, there's nothing in the scriptures that like, okay. So we throw around the term like-minded, like the, everyone there is like-minded. And when we say that, what that means is they dress like us, they talk like us, they, they, they live like they, everything that is, they homeschool, they do all the things, right? We're, we're like, they're yeah. like-minded. And there is a time and place for that. There is some comfort in that. Uh, but you can find that just about anywhere. Like you were saying, the jocks hang out with jocks, cheerleaders hang out with cheerleaders. I mean, our chickens in the backyard, they hang out with... <laughs> the same type of chickens <laughs> yeah the birds of a feather flock together right. but the so but is that like that's is that the goal is that what we are called to do is to get saved and then pack up and 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 find all the differences that we have with one another that doesn't seem like that's what we're supposed to do right so you know i was thinking we we talked about evangelism in the last podcast a while back. Three months ago. <laughs> and there's this verse, and uh, I think it's John. Maybe Sarah, Sarah probably knows it. Um, but it, I never really saw it the way I saw it um, till this year. And it's a verse that uh, says, Behold, uh, the, the Son of Man has work while there's day. Oh, um, yeah, we just were talking about that in the car. That's John 4, uh, 9, 4. Yeah, and, it's, and he's saying, you know, the night is coming where no man can work, you know, and, and that's, it was like, wow, you know, now I, I'm, he's talking about where he's going to be gone, uh, right, and right. he's got work to do, but it's the same application for our life. Same like, concept. You know, if we're like Navy SEALs here, and God has given us a mandate to spread the, the, the gospel to all nations, right. there's going to be a time where night cometh. And no man can work because we're dead, right? right? Right. And we've been ushered into eternity. Now, eternity is just that. I mean, Forever. we're not going to have the same circumstances and opportunities right. uh, to, to, to do this, right? We'll be able to enjoy our rest completely. Which in, would be similar eternity. to running right. to the hills, right. having a big family, throwing right. a football, eating some watermelon, and maybe doing a, you know. Uh, so you have that Bible verse there, babe? I do. It's John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Right. Yeah, that's that's that? right. That's okay. We were just talking about on the way here that, that it applies. It has a different application, obviously, in John. But the same concept, the principle is that we are here for a purpose. And in the same way, I know you kind of wanted to go this direction. I might be going a little too early, but just stop me if you want to keep going back to this. But the... There's an attitude out, especially today, especially right now with government 
threatenings. We'll even call them threatenings because what what else is it? You know, we're not being arrested right now. We're uncomfortable in, in our in our comfort right now in America. We are uncomfortable. We're afraid. It's and it's all fear driven. And mm-hmm. there's a movement. Well, there's been a movement in the last twenty years, really, to flee, go out in the middle of the country, and build community. And actually, building community would be great. We're just not even building community. We're just going out in the middle of nowhere and just being by ourselves, being self-sufficient and not being plugged into anyone. And then uh, look at their kids. Their kids are kind of weird. But anyway, okay. <laughs> no, but, but you know, that's, that's not, is, is that the purpose? I don't remember seeing that anywhere in the New Testament where, okay, you get saved and enjoy your idyllic life out in the middle of nowhere and and raise your gardens or not raise your gardens, grow your gardens and raise your animals and uh, just live your life until you're 90 and and then you pass on. And America has been in this golden age where we could pretty much do that for a long time. It's been pretty peaceful. There's been no threats. And so we're getting our feathers ruffled a little bit. And so at the first sign, we freak out and we're like, buying MREs left and right on Amazon, which is ironic. And then we are planning our trips to, I'm not saying we, we can't live out in the country. I mean, this is, if, if my heart's desire, like okay, so I was talking to my wife earlier that, okay, we did some ministry in the inner cities in, in Baton Rouge here, and we lived in the ghetto. And it was kind of rough, but it was, it was fine. We were young. And we had about four kids at the time, as you told me. Yeah. Joshua was on the way. And we had drug addicts coming to our door and we were like, this cannot go on. This is not good for our kids. This is not a good environment. So we had to move out of there. And uh, so it's not, it's not like, and I know you're not suggesting this, Mike, uh, Michael, Michael and Mike, uh, I'm not, you're not suggesting that we don't want to be wise and prepare for evil. We don't want to just jump right into a bad situation, right? Like we want to. Right. Yeah. So I always use the, you know, um, the example of, you know, I want to be a missionary to Africa. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, God's called you to do that. Let's roll. Oh, but I also want eight children. Right. Well, doing both of those, one or the other is going to suffer. You Probably, know? especially in modern day missions. Yes. Right. And so, you know, Paul has that verse about, you know, I wish you could be celibate. Like, there's, there's time. Uh, where if that's your mission, you can't bite off the other one. Right. You know, you, you right. gotta, we always try and do both, yep. you, you know, uh, we, well, we gotta have family and kids. We got, we got to, you know, right. Um, but you know, according to Paul, that's not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, and there is, I mean, I'm all for like, there's missionaries, there's a movement out there where missionaries bring their whole family over there and that's great. But to be honest, most mission boards, don't encourage that. They actually, if you have kids, you keep them in America while you go onto the mission field. And to me, that's garbage. That is like your family unit. And if you, if you have eight kids and you're called to Japan, then you take your kids with you and you minister as a family. Now that might hinder you a little bit, but so be it. If you feel like that's what God wants, then you've got to obey, but to separate them, it's going to, you're either going to it's going to hinder you as a parent. It's going to hinder them as a kid. It's just messy. But yeah, so back to like moving out to the middle of nowhere. Now, as a mom's perspective, we got you're in the mom chair. 
Oh boy. Yeah. So, you know, moms are thinking about protecting their kids, but in the long run, we've done ministry with our kids before in some pretty rough areas actually. And it wasn't that dangerous, right? No. I mean, there were times where maybe some of the kids, I don't know, I think one time we went to the to the apartments at the refugees and some drunk guy wanted to get in our van or something. I think they all oh, still yeah. remember that very, um, very well, but, but no, I mean, we didn't really face a lot of danger. We, we didn't want to put ourselves in a place where. Did you make sure that risk. your children weren't wearing the wrong gang color when <laughs> y'all went to Walmart? I don't know. Our, uh, our cool 15 passenger van might have been a giveaway. <laughs> like, uh, it was the wrong colors. Uh, but no, the, yeah, we, we, so there is wisdom in pulling back and raising a family somewhere, but still ministering. Problem is a lot of people that pull out never do anything. They just, they get used to their, their country life and their easy life. Well, and I and think that's what it comes down to. And it's busy. Cause when they talk about moving out to the country, they're talking about being self-sufficient and having all the animals and the gardens Which is and good. all that. And, yeah. and it's great. Yeah, and that's I mean, a great life, but it's not necessarily for everybody. And it does take all your time pretty much. Logan's Roadhouse has to get their food from somewhere, and it's not the city, <laughs> right? It, it, there's all parts of the puzzle. I'm not saying country life is bad. Right, right, right. No, because it's I enjoy country life, me personally. Uh, we talked about this yesterday that we both, both Michael and I, well, all of us, because my wife's part of me, uh, we have all here at one point thought about moving out to the country, growing a garden, and raising animals and we found out early on about 10 years ago we're not green thumbs at all no if our life depended on it we grow very good weeds (laughs) and we've grown some watermelons and we have chickens and our chickens give us a lot of eggs and so we are we we do a little bit you guys actually do better than we do in the city here well i'm hanging on to my wife's coattail (laughs) because she knows what she's doing i'll pick them bring them in say look what i did that's right No, but it, it is it is good to be prepared for bad times. We live in Louisiana where we get hit by floods, hurricanes. There are natural disasters, and it is good to be ready for things like that. You know, there, there, are, there are other we, – we don't know what's going to go on. So is it good to have a, uh, a plan in place? It's not, it's not a terrible thing. The problem is we want to, to have the utopia right now. So, so let's set up an example, right? Okay. Uh, let's just say something bad. You got you you pre-purchased the bunker for twenty thousand dollars in I don't know middle of Kansas, right? Right. You, got your ammo. So stuff goes down. Right. People are frightened. If you remember nine eleven, if you flip through the channels, there's all sorts of like prayers and uh, the Catholic channel, like just all this stuff. Everybody's searching for answers, and it's not your normal daytime television. Right. It's, right. It's you know church services, emergency prayer meetings on Tuesday, you know, everybody's looking for answers, you know, and if we just say, you know what, here it comes, we're running, go in the bunker, live a good 20 years playing Scrabble against our children, (laughs) and then we die, and we're ushered in eternity, it's like, that 20 years, what'd you do? Basically, we can play Scrabble in eternity, right? Right. Right. You know, and it's like you, 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 these people are looking for answers. You yep. know, they're scared. P- people are, you know, there are people who are hostile toward God, but there's some that are just apathetic to it. And, and it takes a shaking up. 
and some, you know, fear. And, you know, that's what what God's judgments are usually. Well, I think that, that's, that's what it kind of basically it, it boils down to is fear. Fear of when you have a family that's a little awkward or maybe maybe watches things that you don't approve of or they say things that you don't approve of, which you got to deal with. But it's like because they're different, we're afraid they're going to be an influence. Well, we've had to deal with that in the past. And all we do is just say, hey, we're not hanging out with them kids. Come over here. I'm going to just watch them. Let them do their thing. But we're just going to we're going to be aware of what's going on. And then we can talk about it when we're home. And but it's all fear driven. And if it's fear driven that we're afraid that this family is going to ruin church, you know, this family is going to ruin whatever that we have here. Well, then you didn't have much because it's what is it based on? If it's not Christ, then of course it's it's going to be ruined. And once again, I want to reiterate, we're not talking about being wise and being being uh, just letting anything go. If it's sin, then we need to deal with sin. But there's a lot, there's a big line there, right there, where it's sin and not sin. And we we like to separate over silly things, man. We we got so many things that we we separate within the church, and then we separate all the way out to the country, even in the city. You can do it. It's not just a country thing. There's people in the city that just wall themselves up in their apartment, and then they're stuck there. You know, they they don't want to go out anymore. They're just afraid that the zombie apocalypse is upon them. And so they don't open their door to anybody. They just, they're in fear. So it's all fear driven. And I don't know how, how else do we combat fear? I know we were looking up earlier, how many times fear not is in the Bible. And according to facing the giants, which I paid attention to when I watched it, it was 365 times. So we could not find that. It was like 140 sometimes. Right. And uh, fear is in the Bible a good bit. 385 times or something like that. But then there's fear not. And so there's a lot of fear that's going on right now. And like I was talking to you earlier, what are the believers supposed to do in Afghanistan right now? I mean, Afghanistan is a terrible place right now. There's a lot of fear and legitimate fear. I mean, if we if that happened right here in America, it's the time is to, to flee. You know, it's not time to be like, eh. I think we can hold out here in the in the city and just wait it out. I'm like, no, it's upon us. This is where it's time to just get out of Dodge and let's see what happens for a while. And then we'll, we'll see what goes on. But, you know, the, what are we going to what are Americans going to tell Afghans to do? Just go out in the country and, and hope for the best. Right. You should have prepared, you, you know, like what is all that preparation going to do when the Taliban takes over? You know, it's... We don't have that in America, so we're not afraid of that necessarily. We're afraid of the government, whatever that is. You know, like who, who's the enforcer of the government? I, I don't know. We're afraid of people with guns. I yes. Guess, you know? <laughs> At the end of the day, that is true. <laughs> the guy with the badge and the guns. So, yeah. anyway, that's the, the separation is is a a big deal because when you go down that road it can kind of lead to apathy, right? Right. And, and, you know, we're, like I said, I didn't really grow up in this. Right. I, I love, uh, I don't know what you call this movement, Mike. Well, the homeschool movement, movement type thing. Right. Right. I, I love it. Um, you know, but I'm kind of a hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to get kicked out, but our, <laughs> our children go to a supplemental homeschool. Right. Right. And it's a classical education. It's not, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of kids and this is just where we're at. So it's, you know, we're, we're not, we're kind of a hybrid in that sense. Sure, and we're sure. not uh, a carbon copy of your typical bonnet wearing, uh, horse, <laughs> horseshoe throwing, you know, bare, horseshoe throwing, <laughs> barefoot, <laughs> butter churning. So, okay. Somebody stop. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we've ever thrown a horseshoe. I think I have actually, but anyway. Yeah. So, you know, with that, um, you know, we're construction, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and construction, uh, it's right. The, the Rough around the edges type of guy. Rough guys. around the edges, right? There's this magic four-letter word that for some reason it's an adjective, it's a noun. It, it describes beauty. It describes anger. Uh, and it feels like everybody has a, a tick and has to say it uh, after every other word, yep, right? Yep. It's, I'm around construction workers too. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm knee deep in it, you know, it, it's just what field I'm in, you know? Um, and, uh, there are, there are people, you know, I, I had a foreman, uh, who, you know, they're always tough as nails, right? Riding the Harley, never going to see me cry, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it was around 2000, 2005 or so, uh, we had a foreman, he's aged and he had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, he's got, it was quick, right? Two months. He found about it and he basically died within two months. Wow. And, um, you know, he's guy's tough as nails and he just, you know, uh, atheist, like, don't see me cry. I'm a man, you know? And, you know, two to three weeks before he died, um, you know, his, his brother was a good influence on him. Uh, he became a Christian, mm. you know, death humbles people. Absolutely. Right? Um, but if I, you know, I, I brought him um, uh, some food, you know, he was, he was sick and, and you know, uh, not feeling too well. We made him, Melissa made him a meal. I went out, went out to Denham Springs to him and kind of shared the gospel just, you know, uh, and he told me that, you know, his brother had talked to him about the same thing and that he had become a Christian a week before, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I hear this guy, he just said, hand me that beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, oh, excommunicated from my friend's list, delisted, you know, right. I got to go back to my horseshoe throwing bonnet wearing harmonica playing right. friends. You know, but I'm here. God had put me in his life. You know, I'm very different than most other construction workers, you know. Um, And we were just able to talk about this stuff and and be a positive influence. And, you know, I mean, he's a believer, you know, Mm -hmm. he's the thief on the cross. Uh, Death humbles you, you're scared. And you have this this residing guilt before you pass on. And it it brings you to the Lord. There's going to be new believers that are really rough around the edges and how do we deal with that and the minute that they slip up do we just be like we can't yeah you're not you yeah you're not welcome but at the same time i think actually most people are a little bit more forgiving but we we want to teach them quickly get them up to speed like you, your girls got to wear dresses you you got to wear uh the the black outfit the i don't i don't know what the the man's uniform is but the uh you know you got to homeschool your kid we get them up to speed real quickly on what we do and that's overwhelming for a new believer, actually. And let the Holy Spirit work on their life. And obviously, they're going to notice a difference in us. Uh, everyone that I work with, they know that I don't curse. Why don't you curse? I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And it says, let no unwholesome communication come from your, your mouth. And I was convicted about that. So I don't 
do that. I try not to say things that are offensive. Huh. They start thinking, hmm, maybe I should too. You know, the Holy Spirit's working in their lives too. But if we start making them rules and putting down these these things that they have to do, then what have we done? Are we creating more Pharisees? And, and so that's what we're trying to avoid at that point. But yeah, it because it, there is some wisdom to, look, if you're surrounding yourself around with guys that are you know, bleeping all over the place, then it's kind of like, it sinks in. right. You, you're like, okay, kids and women, I don't want them to hear it. Cause it's not, you know, I can handle it a little bit, but even me, if I'm surrounded about it all day long, it's I don't want to be oppressive. around that. Right. I right. don't want to, cause it's just not who I am. I want to be around other believers and be encouraged. But at the same time, we are here to do something, to be a light in that darkness and to, to rebuke the evil, the evil in this world. And so Obviously, if they don't become believers and we have to still work with them, we're going to have to deal with it. And there's that uh, verse about, you know, the doctors for the sick. Um, yep. Jesus compares them. You know, he's, he's here for the sick and right. not necessarily. For the healthy. Yeah. Right. He came yeah. for the sick. And then they said, are you saying we're sick? He's like, well, because you say you don't need a physician, then you're not sick. And But Jesus came for those. I was one of those. You were one of those. We all are one of those that were sick. But, you know, that's what makes it important. Joshua, why don't you turn around real quick, because on the back of your T-shirt, there's a Bible verse there. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. (laughs) And basically says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling, as some have. Everyone knows that verse. It's a a go-to-church Bible verse, right? (laughs) This is why you're supposed to go to church. But honestly, apart from that, it's, that's where we get our encouragement. And that's why we talk about like-minded believers. And I think it is important to get around those people that we do connect well with, because it is refreshing. You don't have to worry about like, oh, there's Michael going off again, just cursing up a storm and talking about Game of Thrones. And I think I got to keep my kids away from, it's nice to be able to just kind of relax so we can go back out into the world and, and, and face this nasty world. It's not easy to day in and day out work with the same guys that are talking about being with the girls and drinking and, and cursing. And, and they're just, they're sinners. They're doing what sinners do, right? Right. Yeah, it's, it's uh, different than going to Hooters with the foreman. Right, 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 exactly. We're not then, hanging out with them. Yeah, yeah. But we also are trying to figure out that, now there is obvious a separation there. Like you're not, like you said, you're not going to the Hooters with them and, and enjoying, the, it's a difference between kind of, uh, kind of like what we talked about, babe, where uh, some of the convictions that we were coming up with and a long time ago, I was like, you know, why don't why can't we watch this one show? It's just a few curse words. And, and you were like, but just a few. I mean, I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm surrounded by it all day. It's not a big deal. And you're like, but I don't want to listen to it. And I'm like, that's a good point. There's one thing about inter- being entertained by this. And, mm-hmm. and you're kind of becoming one with it as opposed to having to deal with it. Like when I'm out there, you have to deal with it. And mm-hmm. it's another thing to kind of interview it. use it as entertainment and just enjoy it. Right. Hang out with the fellas and be like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm ministering to them at the bar here. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, as the honeys are walking by and you're like, hey, this is, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for them in case they ever need me. I'm like, no, you just want to go there. That, that's, that's, you, you're just feeding your flesh. 
But so there is an obvious separation because light has nothing to do with darkness. But we don't want to separate ourselves too far where we don't even affect the darkness. You know, we are still to bring light into this world. And I think that's where what you're, you're getting at, Michael, that sometimes we've just forgotten that. And we like to retreat into our little family circle. And then we don't even hang around Christians, let alone the world. And uh, if it was just even our own little community, that'd be great in some ways. But we still need to reach out and, and, and figure out how we can be a light in this dark world. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that's, that's where I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was going to say something. Is that all right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. the, the chick chair is yours. Okay, well, I know like with all the pressure of the things going on in our country and um, all the bad stuff out there, it's bad. there seems to be a growing pressure for people like us to move out into the country and to go and um, basically set ourselves up in a safe place for our kids to grow and to turn into adults and whatever in a safe environment. Sure. And I mean, of course, like you say, there's, there can be a time for that. And there's a time to consider that we need to get out of where we are. But I do think like what Michael, what you're saying is like, we have to consider what our purpose here is. And some of us, well, I mean, all of us are called to be salt and light in this world. We're all, the great commission is for everybody, not just for a chosen few of us that are called to go out. So, I mean, we're all called to do that. And, um, I think somehow a lot of people are losing that and we just feel like it's time to just run and hide and retreat. And I'm not saying it's wrong to live in the country or have your animals or whatever. This has nothing to do with country. Right. (laughs) Right. I I love the country. And you know, some people that's where they've lived their whole lives. I'm like, that's great. And you know, it's great to go and visit and be part of that or whatever. But, um, I don't know. I think it's like, it seems to be more a push of fear. And as Christians, we don't, we don't base what we do off of fear. We're supposed to walk by faith and everything we do should be out of faith, not because we're running. And so I think we need to reconsider why do we feel this pressure and why do mm-hmm. we feel like we have to run? And, and what, know. what goals and, you know, Jesus has this mandate to, to spread the gospel. What, how are we accomplishing that by retreating to a bunker in Kansas? You right. know, we, yeah. we live 20 more years, but all we did was play Scrabble. So right. <laughs> does it matter? You know, we just got ushered in eternity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a boring time to play Scrabble for that long. I hate Scrabble. <laughs> it just matters if you win or not. That's so, right. I mean, if you can win. <laughs> if we're winners, then it's all worth it. Then, then, no, because, yeah, we talked about this a few episodes ago about faith and fear. I don't remember if you were on it or it was it was Rebecca's video. It was probably, might have been me and Larry, but it doesn't matter. We were talking about that and the fear and faith based on church. You know right. how some people, they're fed up with the church, and so they just, they, they say, well, the house church is the best model, so we we're just going to go. But they're full of bitterness, and they didn't do it in faith. They didn't do it out of conviction because of what they saw in Scripture. They just did it because they're fed up. Well, you're going to be fed up in, in this system, too. You're gonna, Whatever system you jump to, you're going to be fed up in. And, and the same thing goes with your life, that if you're— if we're kind of talking about this for another subject, but if you find your identity in being safe— and, and in your in your wife and in your husband or whatever you find your identity in, it's going to fail you at some point. Mm-hmm. If you find your identity as an American, I guarantee you, you're going to be disappointed at some point because I have already been disappointed mm-hmm. because of some of the things they've done. But our identity is in Christ, and Christ has given us a mandate, and he is telling us to, to go out there and be light and dark. And he actually said, Jesus said that if you want to keep your life, 
you'll lose it. If you want to lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it. And, mm -hmm. and that's my version. Uh, I know that's <laughs> not enough. any version that I know of, but <laughs> it's, that's what I just, I just, you, you understand what I'm saying though. And I think that we, we tend to forget, I'm not calling for us to go be martyrs, but we have to remember. At least get life insurance. Before you, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> for your poor get, wife. Get life insurance <laughs> before you go out. But no, it's, it's this, this, this mentality of fortress mentality, I guess we can call it. And we're just going to go bunker up and it's just us four and no more the f frozen right. chosen or what all these other terms that, that, that we use for these, these groups that we just go out and the country is convenient. That's why we keep mentioning the country, but it has nothing to do with the country. We have good friends that live out in the country and that's where they've always lived. Um, but yeah, we, we're just afraid that the zombie apocalypse is upon us and that, the the covid shots i know oh, i said the word covid but yeah you know, it's gonna be listed yes we're we're gonna be taken down that it's gonna create all kinds of evil in this world and that may be true it may come to pass that this is just a, a way that nazi germany is coming back and but you know what in when paul wrote the scriptures who is the who was the emperor the, the the president you know the 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 leader at the time who was the you guys know Wasn't that nero yeah oh i don't know if nero it was definitely a caesar or something like that but nero mm -hmm. came and he was in 70 AD so it was near there uh, but it was definitely rome rome was in charge it was rome is not a democracy it's not it's it's close to america but it was definitely a a monarch basically right you would say it's uh mm -hmm. it was it, and it was ruled by a madman and yet paul thrived in that the apostles all thrived in it and they all died but they um the church thrived too i mean it was growing and growing and doing great look at the church in china right now it's growing it is not a free place to be in so we just have to adjust we we're getting our undies in a little ruffle here and so we're like we're uncomfortable so what do we do we got to fight for our freedoms and we got to move out and we got to keep getting further away because all these weird people are moving in and they're just sinners there's sinners everywhere but at some point we do need to be light in this world and they're the only ones they might ever see is us yeah. at, at the workplace mm -hmm. when i'm on a job site and even if i'm not the most vocal person and and like i've said we still in order to get saved someone has to say something okay right. but just by your conduct and your conversation people are going to say hey man there's something different about you and they notice it the world will notice it because they ain't like you hopefully hopefully you're a little bit different <laughs> and uh, you stick out a little bit and maybe that can help people that are a little bit shy or not really aggressive in their speech that they can get out there and and say, well, yeah, I have, I have a hope that you guys don't have. I have, I have Christ, and that's the point. Yeah, and you have much better odds and opportunities when there is crises going around. Absolutely. Yeah. Because why? Because everyone's afraid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we. And everybody's looking for answers. You know. Well, what's the Jehovah Witnesses when they come to your door? What do they always say? You know, it's always some kind of event that happened. They're like, mm -hmm. what do you think about 9-11? Or what do you think about this? And, you know, the end of the world. And they, they strike fear. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, don't you want to live? And they show, show a picture of uh, a little child petting a, a lion. 
I'm like, well, I, I don't want to do that, but can we can we just live peaceably without petting lions and stuff? But no, they they they, they picture, paint this picture of paradise because that's what we want, uh, and that's actually true. That's that is kind of what I'm looking forward to. But I think we're trying to jump the gun and create paradise on Earth, and and forget the rest of the world. And there is still uh, a life, a, a world out there where lives are. Uh, being ruined there's families being torn apart yep. there e even within the church and so we need to be on our guard and be ready to to minister and and help and so anyway I, you got anything else you want to throw in there mike i think we got it all about the kitchen sink all, all about <laughs> the kitchen sink what about you babe i mean because um, we've always talked about moving far out and creating community that was my like big vision was to just create this community where a bunch of christians got together and we could live which does sound great it does sound great and and i and i still like that idea but the problem is you tend to just close in and never do anything outward. Right. You really have to be intentional about going outward. And we, I think we were talking about this Sunday. I, I don't know, correct me. Maybe it wasn't even with you, Michael. But one of the problems is, and I've noticed our kids go on these outreaches, and I'm not against outreaches. Outreaches are good. You've done outreaches somewhat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay missions trips. You've done yeah. missions trips, outreaches. Yeah. They're all good. But you go... And you come back home, right? Right. And so what if those people get saved? I mean, is that the end goal? I mean, that is a that is probably, I guess, the end goal. But it says go make disciples. And so in, in order to make disciples, you kind of have to be in their life. And when you live 15 hours away, it's hard to be in their life. Right. When you live two hours away, it's hard to be in their life. And so I'm not opposed to going and, and, and reaching out to going and traveling and reaching out to people. But when you starting to see people getting saved, you're going to want to be Johnny on the spot. You're going to be right there, right? Yeah. I mean, when I think of it that way, you know, I can count on my hand how many people I personally know who have come to know salvation, know God and, and all that mm -hmm. from my personal circle, you know, like foremen, uh, sure. friends, friends right. of my dad, mm -hmm. uh, you know, clients who got cancer, you know, I can think, but when I think about, you know, passing out tracks or any, uh, typical outreach, I can't really name a, per right. a person, Which you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't, it happen. doesn't mean, right? right. Yeah. My whole thing is like, you know, I don't have anybody to talk to right now, so let's go right. pass out some right. tracks, right? It's better it, than nothing. It's better than nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, and you know, it, their information, information's presented and Right. You, you take it from here. You, know? you might be just the guy that's watering, doing right. a whole bunch of right. watering. And, but at some point I'd like to see the, I want to raise the, 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 the fruit or the, I want to see fruit of, of my efforts. And I think that's only fair. I mean, you know, you do a lot of the work and man, especially like those, those people that you work with for years and it takes something like what frustrates me is, this is just a side note, but you, you've been working with someone for so long and saying the same thing over and over. And then they hear someone else and they come to you like, man, my whole life changed when he said that. I'm like, dude, I've been saying that this <laughs> whole time, but it's all good because if you finally got it, you finally got it. And, uh, it doesn't matter how they get it. 
but uh, but no, you want you want to see that fruit. And Mike Mike Michael's been a very good trooper during this whole thing. He's been holding the wires for his cable because if he doesn't, there's like a little buzz. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting stronger. Like this is the most exercise my little getting a little workout. spaghetti arms have gotten with my coffee and emails job. Oh, that's funny. Yes, yeah, so you you complain about your coffee and emails job and like man, you just don't feel like you're 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 doing anything and i feel your pain but um but no you're you're providing for your family and that is important you know that but yeah i hear you you i wish we had a job that man i'm I'm out there working with my hands of course i'm I'm working with my hands and uh yeah you're not there you're you're checking emails yep drinking coffee mundane life sending me memes of you at the computer (laughs) (laughs) oh man so anyway I don't know. This has been pretty good, you know. Separation. I know. I know people are probably going to have some questions. I hope they have questions because this is kind of an open, open subject. I mean, you have separation within the church, which is a big deal, and separation from the world. There's a time and place for both. Uh, sin. We didn't really talk about when it was appropriate for for in the church, but I do think that, like in First Corinthians five eleven, where it talks that the brother there who was in sin and Paul said, put him out. And because he was doing this, that, and the other, we do have to be strong and, and not just let anything go. Right. Like, totally. Yeah. Right. And if someone is in sin, we're like, Hey, and there, and there's even okay things to challenge people and to, but to be, to forbear with people is kind of the goal. So like we use the, the game of Thrones. I've never seen game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I've only heard about it and it's not probably for Christians. Right. Right. And and, you know, uh, strangely, you know, I'm, my mom goes to a mainstream church and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who go to a mainstream church. And a lot of these guys watch game of Thrones, uh, like it's nobody's business. And they go to church and it's ultra gory. I know it's sexual, you know, in nature and i'm just like you know it's strange how how they don't don't see it you know yeah so the easy thing is that i won't have anything to do with those people Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the knee-jerk reaction but is that really our response is you could challenge that person maybe they're just totally ignorant you know like they're they're new believers it's like the frog in hot water they just Right. Wait, what? You know, yeah, I mean, it's like us when we go to a, I mean, I go to Blue Bayou and there's half naked women everywhere. Right. Uh, I'm like a frog in hot water. Like what? It's just, we're so used to it, you know? Exactly. And then, and so it takes someone to kind of slap you a little bit and go, this isn't normal. And you get thinking. I hope people know that Blue Bayou is a water park and not a strip club. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> we know what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a water park. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, but no, it, it is, it is a, a different, um, you can challenge people on their beliefs without making it law, you know, say, Hey, have you considered, you know, is it, is it probably good to, you know, when, when you're watching sexual things, is that producing good things in your mind? Yeah. Or? And there, you got to use wisdom. Like, are they, are they watching it in front? Are they trying to come over to my house and stick it in the, yes. the, the DVD player? You know, like, right. Uh, are they, are they, in, are their teens introducing this to my children? You know, right. there's all that in there. Yeah. And you've got to be aware of that. If you know that certain people are, are 10, are new Christians or maybe not new Christians or just tend to be a little bit more loose in their belief systems, you need to be aware of that and keep your kids a little closer. I mean, when we hear something that 
there there's something bad going on in a family we'll tend to pull our kids a little like maybe you shouldn't hang out with them because it's not our kids jobs to evangelize them i mean it's a lot to put on a 10 year old to like <laughs> i'm gonna change their life and i'm like no 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 it, i can there's a time and place for me to launch you out but not when you're 10 not when you're 12 now's the time for you to like we're gonna keep you away from that and uh to each his own on that i mean you, you know as parents we know when the right times are maybe we don't know when the right times are but that's uh, you got to do that judgment yourself and uh that that is a tough call i mean we had uh friends of ours one time tell us about a tv show and we sarah and i we like uh, some of those old classic period pieces you know like the pride and prejudice and the she got me into them and I don't mind them. That's true, right? Yeah, okay, that's true. I didn't naturally just watch them, but I enjoy them now as a, as a grown man and I do cry. Uh, but anyway, the, um, the Downton Abbey, they were saying, oh, well, you like those. You really love Downton Abbey. And I was like, well, these are Christian people. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I was kind of curious about it. They were telling us about it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's try it. First episode we watched two gay guys are going at it right yeah. yeah i'm like we're out thanks a lot guys it is a what? british uh yes it is. europe is definitely postmodern. you know i mean yes but i was still you know it's a period piece you would hope but no it was for, and they say no 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 that was the only time I'm like well no no that's i'm done yeah I'm done, I'm done and you know did i honestly in my heart did i make judgments with them yes but I didn't stop fellowshipping with them. And I just, the next movie that they suggested, I really checked out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but there, yeah, and that's a good way to go about things. You don't want to excommunicate somebody. Right. Right. Or, you know, it's, uh, you know, no, this is not for me. And until it's interfering in my life, like that movie was with yours. Right. That's when you make the, the call to, you know, exactly. Okay. And like, Oh, what do I do with this? You know, I want them to, do I want them to be just like me? That's sure, probably because I like the way I am. But to be fair, that I'm not the I'm not the example. Christ is the example. So as long as I'm leading them to Christ, and to be fair, I know that there's probably things that I've watched that other families didn't approve of either. So I've got to put myself in that boat and just okay, you know that's where we are. But we got to be careful not to just instantly withdraw and separate within the church like that. So yeah, we didn't really talk on when is it a good time sin is definitely the time to and then there's steps matthew 18 mm. kind of goes over there with different steps to bring a brother back and if they don't well then they've kind of they've kind of left most likely on their own mm -hmm. but uh, but anyway it's a good topic uh, that michael brought up and uh, maybe we'll have to revisit it sometime which which by the way we're not going to go to another segment for this joshua we might as well just do it live here on the air and just if you have questions uh it's what's the email babe talk at fellowship org. yeah it is talk at fellowship that okay. is right it is talk at fellowship of believers.org go ahead and email us if you have a question tell us what you do if you want when it comes to different differences with friends i'd be curious to see what other people how they respond do they always rebuke do they forbear at what point is too too far too far i'm, I'm too far too far is that even a thing <laughs> when is too far i'd be curious you know because everyone has their that's it i'm out of here moment and uh uh so I'm, I'm curious to see what that would be so anyway mike i'm glad we were able to come here yep. and you opened up your 
son's bedroom. Yep, crammed up in the attic here. It, this is a big bedroom, man. It's a nice room. There's a little sitting Th- this area. This is over actually here. better than our uh, master bedroom. You so think so? If if he's bad, we're gonna kick him downstairs. Right. And we're, we're <laughs> you take up. it. Yeah. It's kind of like our new addition that we had. I actually like that. I'm it like, man, nice. maybe we should sleep back here. It's cold, and it's comfortable, quiet. But I'm not giving up my bathroom. No, but are we supposed to separate ourselves and uh, go up in the attic? And <laughs> no, that's the big thing—the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, the bathroom. That's that's a good one. Us adults, we like our bathrooms. I don't know what it is about adults and bathrooms. <laughs> it's the only place you can like lock a door and keep children out. You know, like hey, the, the kids don't want to go in there while you're using the bathroom, right? It's the only place I get a piece of quiet. I guess so. I mean, for me it is, but I've heard Melissa, your your wife there, she's told some interesting stories. <laughs> oh, man. She, anytime. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's right. Hey, Mom. Yeah, there's no peace for where's, a mom. Where's huh? the Kraft cheese slices? <laughs> yeah, like you couldn't wait five minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you, you could attest to that, huh? Absolutely. The kids yeah. just, they, they, they like know. There's Those like an instinct. notes underneath the, the door there, like. Mom, you you hanging out there? <laughs> like, yes, I am. Can, can, <laughs> I need five minutes. Can we watch okay. the TV, Bob? Slide notes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, yes. Those are the days. Now the kids are older, though, huh? Well, but still, it seems like I spend very little time in the bathroom. But anytime I walk in, shut the door, I'll hear knock or, you know, somebody calling me. And I'm it's like, like are you know, serious? Right. Like, I've been in here 20 Babe. seconds. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, we will be back next week. The we are. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. Up, up. We, we got about three or four more weeks before we get to the shindig, and our big family camp up there in Mississippi. And I'd like to do. I'd like to. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll bring our setup and and interview people and talk to people. And I, I don't know how we're going to do it. Hey, young man, have you found a girl yet? Yeah, put all the guys on the spot, right? It, we may talk about that. That is that is embarrassing, man. There's so much pressure on these oh, young men. I'm to so find glad it. I'm married. I'd never want to go back to that. Those is days. so awkward, and I, I feel bad for him because it's a three three. Three and a half day. Yeah, but that's not even what it's all about. It shouldn't be what it's all <laughs> well, about. That's what the brochure says. <laughs> that's not what, yeah, no, no, we're, we're in charge. We do not make a brochure that's that is pushing marriage. I know we have a lot of young men out there. Our, our number one audience is men 18 to 22. Do you know that? It's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, so I feel sorry for those guys. They feel a lot of pressure. My one big advice to them is chill out. Just enjoy the weekend. Yep. It, it's good. So. Natural is better. Yeah, that's right. Don't push any. It's tough. It's tough, especially when you're far away and you come together for these events. But like I told, uh, I don't know, was I talking to you? I feel like the, the, these family camps, we've been doing them a lot now. They're, they're almost like family reunions, which is kind of weird because they're finding their mates at these family reunions. Mm. Which, what is that? So that's maybe not quite like a family reunion. <laughs> yeah, we're straying a bit. So maybe if you've heard background noises, I don't know. The, the Thornton kids have been They're banging on the door. The right. <laughs> <laughs> Let us in. So let's go ahead and end this. Uh, it's about an hour long, so we're we're good to go. Joshua's got his markers, and uh, I guess we'll we won't we'll try to make Michael not so much a stranger 
it's been a while so uh we'll get his we just got to get him he, he's he's not afraid to talk in person but on, we put a microphone in and he's a little bit more quiet right i don't just want to say anything you know if i run for office or something well that's true that's a good point <laughs> yeah you got to be very careful this is going down forever so all right man well we appreciate all that uh you let us come over here and crash your place for a bit and uh thank you for listening and we will be back next week You've been listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast.